This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have as your children to gather and worship you in spirit and truth. And I make it known tonight that I'm not trusting in human ability to teach, but I am trusting in you. Therefore, I know that you anoint my mind, that I might receive the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you now for supernatural recall of the scripture. And I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything, carried by your anointing, your power, and your love to each person's mind, bringing understanding, removing confusion. Let your will enter every heart, bringing faith, dispelling all fear. And we'll be careful to give you alone the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that you do. That's all that's revealed and accomplished through your word and by your spirit here tonight. In Jesus' name, and all those love the Lord said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm teaching a subject titled, The Power of Praying in the Spirit. Say that, The Power of Praying in the Spirit. Now, I'm going to be sharing a few different reasons why it's important to pray in the Spirit and also explain a little bit about the subject, what that is. Okay? So before I begin tonight, how many of you here are full of the Spirit of God and you can pray in your heavenly prayer language? Would you kindly wave at me if you can do that? And you can pray in other tongues. All right, that's about 80%. Now, if you do not have this gift, it's a gift of God, just like salvation is, and anybody can receive it, and anybody should receive it. Everybody should receive it. The church began back in Acts chapter 2. 120 in the upper room in Jerusalem on Mount Zion. The power of God came down the day of Pentecost and filled all 120. They all spoke in tongues. That was the entire church. That was when the church was born. So the church began with everybody being able to speak in tongues. Now, believe it or not, Mother Mary was in that 120. You'll read that in Acts chapter 1 of all the people who were in that group. And she spoke in tongues because the Bible said everybody did. So if it's good enough for Mother Mary, it's good enough for all of us. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And there's so many reasons why you want to speak in tongues. And tonight I hope you'll be inspired to receive this gift. And I'll pray for you right after this message if you want to receive it. Or you can come and have a Bible study learning more about it at our Christian Growth Seminar, which is going to begin in about a week or two. All right. Number two, reason number two why praying in the Spirit is important is it allows God to arrange protection and deliverance from all harm for you and your families or anyone you pray for. Say that. Praying in tongues allows God to arrange deliverance or protection from all danger and all harm. Let's see if we can prove that. Isaiah 59 verse 16 up on the screens. God saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. An intercessor is someone who prays, who takes 
the place of someone else who doesn't know how to pray and prays for them on their behalf. Now let's look at verse 19 in the same chapter, chapter 59. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So when the intercessor prays, the Holy Spirit can lift up a standard against the devil. The word standard in the Hebrew is noose, and the Hebrew word means make to flee or put to flight. So God needs intercessors, and God cannot do anything unless someone asks him to do it. There are many needs in our world today, and yet it seems that God is not answering to these needs. We could read the scripture this way. When the devil comes in like a flood to drown us, the Holy Spirit will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight or make him to flee. God will put the devil to flee. Now somebody could say, I know Christians who have serious challenges and they went down. They didn't succeed. They were destroyed. The Holy Spirit did not deliver them. How come he delivers some and not others? Well, one answer is right here in Isaiah 59, verse 16. God saw there was no intercessor, no one to pray. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit needs to work through a yielded Christian to allow him to pray and intercede. Say so that the Holy Spirit needs to work through a yielded Christian to help people. Dangers can be neutralized when the Holy Spirit is turned loose. Let me share a personal story or experience of how this happens. Now, I can give you many, many, many stories. Many. I can be here till sunrise. I'm just going to give you one right now. This incident happened back in 1983. I was at a fellowship group leaders meeting on a Thursday night in the old church building, in the main sanctuary. And um, I was teaching the Bible study that they were going to teach in the cell groups. And they all had their notes, and I was teaching, and they were filling in the banks. And uh, we had already spent some time in prayer as a group, praying in the Spirit. And uh, I was full of joy and excitement. There's a large crowd of cell leaders there. And as I was teaching, all of a sudden, without warning, grief entered my heart. Sadness. Sorrow. And uh, I stopped speaking and looked into my heart to see what was going on. And I sensed that if I did not allow the Holy Spirit to intercede now and stop this problem from occurring, that this very grief, this very sadness, we would be experiencing because of some tragedy. I was having a preview of the sadness that was going to come if this tragedy happened, if we did not pray. The Bible tells us in John 16, 13, 
The Lord Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. That's in the Bible, John 16, 13. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. Say that, the Holy Spirit will show me the future. All right, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will show you the future. So there's things we know because the Holy Spirit's in us and He's warning us. That's if you pray in the Spirit. Now, I explained this to the leaders, and then I asked them to stand up with me, and I said, let's pray together. And I asked them to say this little prayer after me. And this is how they prayed. Father, and they said, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. In other words, he prays for us to bring about the will of God. So when we pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit can reveal to us and does what He wants us to know about our future, what we should be doing. And also, He can carry us into God's plan unconsciously. He can order your steps without you even realizing what He's doing. So all that happens when you pray in tongues, okay? All of that. So, this is what we said. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God, and they said it. Right now, we yield to you, Holy Spirit, to pray for whatever this is. This is this danger, whatever it is, that you would rise up and raise a standard to protect them and provide for them. Now, it was amazing how the leaders rallied to pray. It was about 10 minutes, but I thought the roof was going to come off. They prayed so hard. And then after about 10 minutes, I sensed this grief and sadness begin to subside in my heart, and I sensed joy rising up in me. And then I realized, or I knew, that at least their lives were out of danger. After about 10 minutes of praying, now, I asked them what was the time, and the time was 10 minutes past 8 p.m. 10, say that, 10 minutes past 8 p.m. on the Thursday night. Now, on Monday morning, I received a phone call from a lady who was our secretary at the time. And her name was Angelique. And she said to me, um, hi, uh, Pastor Theo, can you help me? I said, sure, how can I help you? She said, I need a lift to church this morning to come work. I said, fine, I can arrange that for you, but what happened to your car? And she said, well, my husband and I were coming home on Thursday night, and a truck came through a stop street, a large truck, and rode into us, hit us on the side, rode right over our car. We had a little Renault 5 that's smaller than a Beetle. And the truck ended up on top of this car. And the fire department had to use blood torches to cut them out. And because the fire department never seen a car wreck that bad, they thought they were going to come out limb by limb, you know, one arm here, one leg over there. And, uh, but when they got out of the car, 
They found they didn't even have a scratch on their bodies and they were perfectly fine. And um, so the ambulance wanted to take them to a hospital. And they said, no, we're not going. We want to go home. And they said, we have to do it. This is the law. We've got to take you to hospital. They said, we're not getting in that ambulance. We want to go home. We're fine. There's nothing wrong with us. So they agreed to take them home. Praise the Lord. Now, I wonder if we had not prayed, they probably would have been dead for sure. And if we'd prayed a little longer, then the accident might not have happened at all. The accident might not have happened at all. The Holy Spirit might have avoided the whole thing if we didn't stop when we did. Then we might have said to ourselves, well, I wonder what that was all about. All that praying and nothing happened. And I wonder how many times we've prayed for things and tragedies and problems have been averted and avoided in our lifetime. I wonder how many problems and tragedies we could have avoided if we had prayed. When we get to heaven one day, I believe the Father God will draw back a veil and we look back into the past, we'll look back down to the earth and we'll see the, the disasters and the tragedies that were avoided because we prayed. Because we prayed. See, no tragedy will ever happen to you before the Holy Spirit would warn you first and encourage you to pray. Like I gave that example, I had that warning, and I prayed. Say that, no tragedy will ever come my way without the Holy Spirit warning me first. Say this, one of, the, one of the benefits of praying in the Spirit is that He arranges our protection and our provision when we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Reason number three why praying in the Spirit is important is it allows the Father to draw people to Christ. Now, I'm sure we all know folks that we'd love to see get saved. Maybe family members, parents, children, cousins, folks you work with, go to school with. All of us have somebody we know that we'd love for them to come and know Jesus and be sure they're going to heaven one day. And the Bible said in John 6, 44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. That's Jesus. He said, No one can come to me unless the Father God draws that person to me. All right? Even though God paid for their salvation, and it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So God's mercy draws us to salvation. People don't go looking for God until God begins to draw them. God can only do this. He can only draw folks when Christians pray. When Christians pray. Jesus sent the church into the world to preach the gospel with his authority. As soon as the church travailed in prayer, as soon as the church began to pray, she gives birth to new Christians. She gives birth to new Christians. God has already bought salvation for everybody. However, we have to pray. All that's left is for the sinner to accept Jesus as God 
and get saved. Receive God's gift of salvation. That's all that's left because it's paid for. Now, Isaiah 66 verse 8 says, Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as Zion travailed, as soon as Zion travailed, she gave birth to her children. What's that talking about? As soon as Zion travailed, she gave birth to her children. Well, all Bible scholars know that Zion refers to the nation of Israel. Correct? And when Israel travailed in prayer, that word travail is talking about intense prayer, she then received back her land and became a nation again. It was through prayer that God was able to bring Israel back to her land. Zion also refers to the church because Israel is a shadow of the church, a type, an example of the church. All the experiences of Israel are shadows, examples, and types of what we have in the fullness today. We have the reality that casts the shadow. We are the substance that casts the shadow. The church is the substance. Jesus is the substance. The cross is the substance. All that happened in the Old Testament are types and shadows of the reality that we have in the New Testament. So what happens to Israel in the Old Testament is a type and example of what's happening in the church today. When the Christian church travails in prayer, she gives birth to new Christians. New Christians cannot be born into the family of God until we, someone, prays in the Spirit and intercedes for them. Without praying in the Spirit, Christianity will not expand. It will not blossom like it should. Without prayer, Christianity will decrease in the percentage in the world. Satan is blinding the minds of the unbeliever. That's why the unbeliever can't understand the gospel, because the devil's controlling their thinking. The reason people don't flock to church and get saved is found in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled or hidden, it is veiled or hidden to those who are perishing. So the unsaved who are perishing, the Bible says the gospel is hidden from them, hidden from them. The next verse says, the reason for that, Satan, the god of this evil world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. The devil has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. In other words, the unsaved can't understand what you tell them about Jesus. They can't understand it. Why? The devil is blinding their mind. That's the reason. If the devil didn't do that, they'd get saved right away. Like you, oh no, hang on a second. Let's go back to John four, uh, John six forty four. The Lord Jesus said, "No one comes to me as the Father, who sent me, draws him." So, like you, I have personally witnessed to many people about Jesus. And some of these have had deep, sincere encounters with God, and others have responded a lot like 
they weren't interested or just too very, very casual about it. And many of them made excuses why they weren't interested. And some of the reasons are so stupid. And some of them are ridiculous. There are some things people want to hold on to that are so unimportant, yet those things will keep them from heaven. They won't let go in order to escape the flames of hell. They'll want to carry on doing these stupid, unimportant things, and they'll go to hell just so they can do them and not accept Jesus. Here's a story which took place back in South Africa many years ago. A farmer had a problem with monkeys stealing corn. And he tried to shoot them, but they were far too quick. They got up in the trees and scattered. So one day he got a bright idea of putting bananas in some milk bottles. Now back in the old days, they deliver milk to our houses. And there would be two liter bottles of milk. How do you remember those big bottles? Remember them? Now all the youngsters don't know what I'm talking about. You just gave your age away by raising your hand. Okay, so um, <clears throat> he got a dozen or two of these bottles and put them close to the millies, the corn, and, and where the trees were, and he put a banana in each one of them. So the monkeys came tempted by the banana, of course, put their hand in the bottle, no problem with that, took a hold of the banana, but then couldn't pull the banana out because their hand in the banana is now too big. But they wouldn't let go of that banana. And then when he appeared with his gun, they tried to run away, but they wouldn't let go of the banana. They were dragging that big bottle, and they couldn't get up in the tree. So he shot them all dead. It's a sad story, yeah cute little monkey. <laughs> so they couldn't climb the tree, dragging the big bottle, so the farmer shot them. So the story is that the monkey was willing to die, give his life for that banana, which he couldn't have, which he couldn't have. Now I've met some people just as dumb as those monkeys. There is some banana in their life that they are hanging on to. Whatever it is they shouldn't be doing, they know they shouldn't be doing, but they won't let it go because it means more to them than heaven and hell. They'd rather go to hell as long as they can hang on to that banana. Some years ago, I was in the gym working out here in South Africa. I was standing next to three young men we're having a conversation, and they were using the Lord's name in vain. Every second year was Christ this and Christ that, and Jesus this and Jesus that. And eventually I got fed up with it, you know. I don't like that at all. That's my Savior talking about. And so I went up to them and I said, it looks like you know Jesus very well. They just looked at me. I said, well, you're talking about him so much. And they just looked at me. Then eventually one man said, I don't want to go to heaven. I want to go to hell. I want to party with my friends for eternity in hell. So I said, is that right? Why don't you start next week? Have a barbecue, a braai, 
call your friends around, get a beer in your right hand, stick your left hand in the hot coals, and you should have a great time hanging out with your friends and getting ready for eternity in your party in heaven, in hell, I mean. You should have a great time with your hand in the coals, getting ready for your eternal party in the fires of hell. So, you know, they looked at me like cow at a new gate. You know, they looked at me like la-ti-ta-ta-ta. They didn't know what to say. And eventually, I could see the lights coming on. I could see their minds start working. And one said to me, yes, it's going to be very hot, isn't it? I said, very hot. I said, absolutely. And I said, the only way you can escape the fires of hell is through Jesus Christ who died on the cross and took your punishment. And these are the things we have to deal with when trying to help folks get to heaven and escape hell. But that's unfortunately how it is. Remember, demon spirits are stopping them from coming to their senses. Amen? So how do you reach them? How do we help folks like that? I'm going to give you three steps. Write them down. And you can use this to help you witness to your lost family and friends or anybody that you know. Step number one, call the person's name before the Lord in prayer. Call the person's name before the Lord in prayer. All right? Call his name. And then, step number two, command Satan to release their mind. Tell the devil, release your mind off Fred Bloggs, Joe Soap, whatever it is. Tell the devil to release their thinking. Then step number three, pray in the Holy Spirit for them. Start praying in tongues. Say, Holy Spirit, help me intercede for this person and pray for a while in the Spirit for that person. Pray in tongues. Say this with me. Father, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I pray for so-and-so. I call their name and begin interceding for them in tongues a little every day. All right, step number four. When you sense in your heart that they are now ready to receive Jesus as Savior, approach them and invite them to come to church. And they will probably come. And you could also share your story, your salvation story, of how you came to Jesus and what he means to you. No one can tell your personal story better than you can. And no one can tell you it's not real because you're the only one that can testify to your personal experience with Jesus. Amen? It's a great story. Use that to tell folks about Jesus. Now, I have witnessed, as I said to many people, I'm going to share with one little story with you to help you understand how this works. I'm going to go back to 1973. I was working in Durban on West Street in a store called Zodiac Furnishers for Bear Brothers. I was a salesman. And uh, the manager was Johnny Krobler. Johnny Krobler. He was the manager. He was a very nice man, very good-looking man. He was about five, six years older than me. He was a married man, a family man, soft-spoken, gentle person. 
very popular with the ladies. And I witnessed him from time to time, and I did my best to let my light shine every day while working in that store. I was very committed to pray for him in the spirit every day. I worked with him for about 18 months, and every day, besides what I prayed for other things, but I prayed for him a few minutes every day. Called his name out and prayed in the Holy Ghost. So after 18 months, we went our different ways. And uh, some years later, I was preaching in Johannesburg. We'd started the church by then. And I was preaching in Johannesburg, and we had a round platform in the center of the church. You may remember that. How many of you were there back those days? And uh, so I was working with the pulpit, on the pulpit with my notes. I'd finished preaching and closed the sermon. I took my pen. I was writing something down. And um, when I looked up, right there in front of me was standing Johnny Krobler. And I was very surprised to see him standing there. He'd obviously been in the service. And uh, so I came down the platform, came stood in front of him, shook his hand. And uh, I, he said to me, after, in the conversation, I didn't tell you the whole conversation, but he said this to me. He told me that he sensed God calling him and drawing him the whole time that I was there with him in Durban working in that same store. He knew I was praying for him every day, even though I didn't tell him that. He knew it. And after I had left, after I had left, he said, he felt the call to Jesus all the time. I stopped praying for him when I left him. But he said he felt the call to go to Jesus all the time, all the time, never left him. And he kept thinking about me all the time. And he realized that he must give his life to Jesus and go to church. And so he did. Gave his life to Jesus. He said, the Holy Spirit never stopped drawing me to Jesus. Long after you left, eventually I had to make peace with God. Even though I had stopped praying for him for many years, the Holy Spirit never forgot about Johnny Krobler. Let's say this together. When I pray in tongues for the unsaved, the Holy Spirit will never let them go. That's what he told me. Our prayers in the Spirit are not in vain. Never in vain. In November 2019, that's last year, I sensed an urge in my spirit to contact Johnny Krobler to find him. So I called from America to South Africa. I spoke to Zelda and I asked her, please find Johnny Krobler. I worked with him back in 1973. And so she went to 
to work, and eventually, a long story short, she managed to find him. <clears throat> Gave me his phone number. So I called, and his wife answered the phone. Now, before Johnny got saved, he ended up getting divorced. And five years later, he remarried the lady he is with now. When I called him, his wife answered the phone, and she shared with me that Johnny was suffering from dementia, losing his memory. And some days, he didn't know hardly anybody. But he came to the phone, and he remembered me. He remembered working with me. And I was able to reconfirm his salvation and assure him that because he believes in Jesus, he's going to go to heaven. And he was very pleased and at peace about that. So to me, that was an amazing story of God's grace stretched out over 47 years. I sensed the urgency to find him. Maybe if I'd waited six months and then contacted him, he might not have known me or remembered anything, and I might not have been able to reconfirm his salvation. Because he didn't live all out for Jesus all out the whole time. He never did that. So I was able to bring him back to a place of securing his salvation. It's an amazing story to me how that the Holy Ghost doesn't give up. And 47 years went by and he said to me, phone Johnny. Find him. You've got to talk to him now. And I thought to myself, I thought, Johnny's going to die. Something's happening. Or he's going to die and doesn't know it. But I've got to contact him. And then I realized he's losing his memory. And he won't be able to communicate with anybody. Let's give birth to a revival. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us for God's plan to be born or birthed in South Africa, for God's plan to be birthed and born in your life in this church. If you're praying the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will take charge and He will bring the plan and purpose of God into South Africa. There's only one person that can fix this nation, and that's God. And that's God. And he can't do anything unless we allow him to by praying, allowing him to pray through us. So I want to call this church, and everybody watching on TV, I want to call all Christians to arrange prayer meetings, birthing prayer meetings, praying specifically to give birth to God's plan for South Africa. God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal the land. But God will not move to heal the land unless his people pray. We mustn't blame the government for the problems in the country. 
We mustn't blame the police force, the army, the navy, the air force. We mustn't blame the teachers, the universities. We must not blame anything except the church. Because God said, if my people will humble themselves and pray, I'll heal the land. The reason we don't see God moving supernaturally to heal the land, to heal all these departments I just mentioned, is because we have become passive. The Christian world is passive. Amen? We're living for ourselves. We only see our piece of the jigsaw puzzle. We don't see the picture on the cover of the box. We need to pray, family. God is waiting. God's waiting for you. Stop waiting for God. Stop waiting for God. God's waiting for you. If we'll get down and pray, God will move supernaturally. You'll see God rearrange your life. Blessing will come to you. You'll find yourself in the right place at the right time, and things will start going right for you. Because the Holy Ghost can fix any problem if you'll turn it over to Him and pray. He can fix any problem you face. I've seen the worst scrambled eggs in my life, and I've turned it over to God and said, Holy Ghost, fix this. And He unscrambles the egg for me every time. I know when all else fails, praying in the Holy Ghost always succeeds. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 